0: Sacrifice! Oh, son of a bitch. Oh, my I did it, but I'm
1: not Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Turnbuckle Training, introducing the first your longtime fan, short-time podcaster, and former fantasy wrestling, hardcore champion, Peyton. The
0: Devil's Playground Green. And introducing his tag-team partner making his debut in the wacky world of Fighting Fools, Zack, the Demonic Chamber, Barlow! Yeah, there really is a lot of, uh, a lot of,
1: like, hell references, huh?
0: Yeah, I, lo- I love the idea that, which they say this about the Hell in a Cell, too, is that they they are demonic? They are the the they are conceived from demons. A demon <laughs> sat down and was like, "Okay, how do I make a wrestling match type?" <laughs> yeah, they it's like one of like one of the departments in hell is a wrestling match type. Which okay, I'm not gonna put it past Eric Bischoff that he's actually a demon. So maybe that checks out. Well, I was gonna say like I feel like anything that like Vince McMahon creates
1: is of hell. Yeah, that is a good point. Uh, This is a show for longtime wrestling fans and rookies alike. We're going to be taking you through some of the greatest shows, matches, rivalries in wrestling history, or at least uh, what comes to mind for me while I'm just sitting around doing absolutely nothing, and I'm like, hmm, this would be a good
0: thing to talk about for a couple hours. And if you don't know a hell in a cell from an elimination chamber (laughs) from a Punjabi prison, no worries, friend. Because as you'll soon find out, I don't either. So, Peyton, what are we going to be talking about today?
1: We're going to be talking about the Elimination Chamber, which I think is probably the last time the WWE created a new
0: match, and it was good. Yeah, honestly, I expected this to be bad, and it was It was not.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty good match. Uh, it's... It, like, combines a lot of different things from different matches and makes them into one. So it, like, takes things that work, like the cage structure from a cage match or a Hell in a Cell. It takes the, like, staggered entrance from a Royal Rumble. Uh, It takes the elimination style also from a Royal Rumble. Um, And it's... It's a lot of fun and you could tell like a lot of different stories in one match because uh, they've tried to do the They tried to do like their six man hell in a cell that t- one time and it was just a little too clunky, a little too much going on. Right, way too much. Whereas
0: messy.
1: when when, it, when you're able to like kind of stagger the different competitors, it doesn't feel like, you know, you lose track of everything.
0: Absolutely. And these matches are pretty long. They're they're roughly an hour and I didn't lose interest in any of them.
1: Yeah, it's something that can keep your interest uh, for for a while. Now, I do kind of hate the fact that now we've gotten into a stage where we just have every every year we have a pay-per-view that's called Elimination Chamber,
0: and we do, like, three of them. Yeah, and, it's the hell in a cell problem.
1: And to me, it's like, you know, an Elimination Chamber should
0: come up when it makes sense to, not when it's like, oh, it's scheduled on the calendar. I agree, and and that's the thing that I think ha- the company has really lost, and that is the situational use of match types to tell stories.
1: Yeah, it also causes us to go up like exponentially in number in how many like hell in a cell match or, how, or however or how many elimination chamber matches we've had because I remember when I was watching. Uh, I I actually, I remember the the third one on this list, or actually the second one on this list, I remember watching live, and that was only the fourth one, and that was, like, four years after... Like, they only did, like, one a year, which, I guess, is kind of what they do with the Elimination Chamber show, except for they do, like, three on one episode, or one pay-per-view. So, I don't know, it just felt a little bit more special when it's, like... You don't know when it's coming. You right. Know, like, it's all of a sudden people are like, okay, you know what, this, match, this rivalry is too out of control, we gotta throw you guys in an Elimination Chamber.
0: Like a Shawn and Michaels sweet chin music, it can come out of nowhere. It certainly can.
1: Um, let's talk a little bit about what the Elimination Chamber is. I put this little promo at the beginning so we can kind of get us a taste of it. Apparently it is uh, Eric Bischoff's idea, Which kind of makes sense because it's kind of a form of an old WCW match type called the War Games match, where you'd have a bunch of people with staggered entrance inside two cells over two rings, and they would come out at... Like, it was a little bit more confusing in that they had, like, all these, like, weird rules of, like, the first two guys are in there for five minutes, and then every two minutes after that a new person comes in, but they're from opposite teams, and they flip a coin to see which team goes first, and then once everyone is in there, then you can start winning, and only one person can win, and it's only when someone gets submitted or they quit, and it was, like, a little bit too much.
0: Yeah, no, not gonna lie, I lost the plot on that almost immediately. Exactly. This one's a little bit more
1: straightforward. Um, Zach, why don't you you tell people the rules as you understand them? So
0: simple that even I can understand them. Though I was confused at first when I'm being shown PowerPoints on how the whole thing works, but it's pretty simple. There is a chamber. It has four glass pods in it. The first four people to enter the ring go into the pods. Then to other people into the ring at what I believe are 10-minute intervals, yes? Five, well, it was. it's
1: five sometimes, and then it's four, and then it goes back to five. But somewhere, five or four
0: minutes. At five or four-minute intervals, a new uh, person will come out of one of the pods chosen at random in a cool little Simon Says light show. Um, the the only way that you get taken out of the chamber is if you submit or are pinned.
1: Yep, and 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 the match keeps going after someone
0: loses, so you have to eliminate everybody. Right, last um, man standing, and also the whole thing's made out of a lot of steel, like like um chains. I like in this promo they show like
1: these like welders making it
0: yeah man. That's, uh, that is actually pretty sick. I do love it. I, I want to know, do they just do they, do they
1: remake the whole thing every time or is they just like, is this stuck in like a warehouse somewhere
0: until they need it again? I feel like they kind of have to it at least has to be in pieces in big old pieces. Yeah. Um, and it does evolve as we go. so so several that's, have been made.
1: That's true. I'm just wondering if like maybe the first few it was it was just the same one just like reassembled. I mean, maybe, but
0: it that looks is like a big whole
1: thing. It looks like it would be really expensive. Yes, it does.
0: It absolutely does.
1: I also want to flash back to my childhood because I used to have. I had like so many wrestling action figures that I played with for way too long. That someone should be playing with action figures. And I would just go in my in my room for a couple hours and like you know most people might think that their kid is doing drugs or masturbating, but no, I was in there playing, having some fucking like i I should have been a writer for WWE because I was having some incredible storylines. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a an elimination chamber like playset, like where you you could build the elimination chamber around your ring. And it had, it had the pods, and they could break. Like, you could throw somebody in there, and it would break apart. Yo,
0: that's sick.
1: So, we're at the first Elimination Chamber match, Survivor Series 2002. Um, a lot of great guys in this one. Um, uh, let's let's quickly run through all the people. And, Zach, I, I came up with this idea. I, I want to see if you like this. I'm going to name all the guys in the match. And I want you to just give me, like, a quick explainer of who they are, like, Five words or less. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. Sort of a word association. First thing to come to my head. Okay. Chris Jericho. Um at this point he is ponytail Shawn Michaels Look-alike man. Booker T. Um <sighs> a cool guy that never gets to win. Kane. Uh Fireboy Brother of the Undertaker. Shawn Michaels. Big kick man. Triple H. Ah, yeah. So that's going to be Human Hamburger Helper. (laughs) Okay, wait, explain that to me. Triple H. Human Hamburger Helper. (laughs) The three H's. But, uh, no, just uh, Big Ol' Muscle Boy.
1: And Rob Van Dam. Uh, ECW. There we go. Uh, So we're going to start the match off with Rob Van Dam and Triple H. I think it's pretty cool that Rob Van Dam, at this stage in his career, he was pretty a solid mid-carder, not a main eventer, but gets to be in the main event in this match and gets to start out with Triple H and kind of kicks his ass. Yeah, like,
0: okay, I really like Rob Van Dam's work, and we haven't actually gotten to see that much of it. So I I really enjoyed what he had to show here. And that is one thing that I think is a a selling point of the Elimination Chamber is that it can really allow guys who aren't normally in the spotlight to get a little more time.
1: Yeah, because you you have six guys who can wrestle, whereas, you know, we're, I mean, clearly the main storyline here is between Triple H and Shawn Michaels, but we are able to get these other guys in here who can shine for a little bit and look really good, but, you know, not win. And kind of
0: gets to put him over. Yeah, I mean, Van Damme definitely gets a solid little, like, B-plot here. Yeah.
1: Honestly, Triple H gets his ass kicked this whole match. Yes, he much. does. Um. Uh, so, uh, Triple H is the... A little background. Triple H is the world champion at this point. He's actually the first world champion. This was right after the, bland, the brand split between SmackDown and Raw. And... Brock Lesnar ended up taking the WWE championship to SmackDown, so they created a brand new title for Raw, uh, the World Heavyweight Championship, which was basically just they took the WCW championship and put a WWE logo on it. But uh, a lot of the criticism of Triple H here was that he was just given the title. Like, Eric Bischoff literally just said, Triple H, you're going to be the world champion, and literally just gave him the
0: belt. Um, Does Eric he- Bischoff give off like off-brand Tom Cruise vibes to you? Absolutely. He looks kind of like Tom Cruise if you were like it looks Eric Bischoff looks like someone drew Tom Cruise from memory. Yeah, Eric Bischoff looks like how maybe your uncle or like distant relative might kind of look like a celebrity.
1: Yeah. Um, He looks like someone who who might like mistake, like I bet he gets mistaken for Tom Cruise in public well probably not anymore because he's like gone completely gray, but back then, people probably mistook him for Tom Cruise and, like, would take pictures with him, and he would just not correct people.
0: Yeah, he seems like the type.
1: Um, uh, I-, I wanted to mention something about Triple H. As he's coming out, JR mentions that he has never won at Survivor Series. He's 0-6, and six, so he's basically reverse Undertaker. <laughs> um... And, uh, and... They're talking about how like the Elimination Chamber was basically Bischoff's way to compete with SmackDown because SmackDown just had a big Hell in a Cell match with Lesnar and Undertaker. Um, uh, Triple H is gonna set up RVD for a pedigree pretty early, but RVD backdrops him over the top rope and onto the steel floor. He starts slamming it over and over, slamming Triple H
0: over and over again into the chamber wall, and it
1: actually starts to break so i think they were like okay maybe next time we should reinforce this a little bit
0: yeah they definitely learned things as they went with this match type because yeah it does start to break apart which could you imagine like the <laughs> if the thing had fallen apart mid-match that would have um, been a, a bit of a bummer also we probably would probably dangerous we would not
1: like have elimination chamber pay-per-views of that this would have gone down like the kennel from hell match
0: <laughs> you mean the best match of all time
1: yeah, this is basically like... The kennel from Hell is basically like uh, if someone tried to draw the Illumination Chamber from memory. <laughs> um, with dogs. Uh, so, uh, Triple H is already bleeding. Um, RVD's hitting some cool moves, like a monkey flip on the floor. He does a rolling thunder from the ring to the floor. Um... I like when he, he climbs up one of the chamber pods and Jericho is able to like grab his leg through the roof and uh and pull him down. Uh but even that can't get Triple H to the advantage because R V D is like still kicking his ass. Um it's Jericho that comes in, so Jericho and Triple H being the two heels in this match have to kind of team up. And they end up uh double teaming Rob Van Dam. Uh early on. Um, I like this point in the match where RVD jumps off the top rope, Jericho ducks, but RVD lands on the side of the chamber, and then he jumps back on top of Chris Jericho.
0: Yeah, that was awesome.
1: Um, They are able to take advantage of him, slamming him into the chamber wall over and over again. We get Booker T coming out, he starts taking out everybody, hits a little spin-a-rooney, which is just him breakdancing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, why do I feel like that was named by, like, Jr. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who came up with the name Rooney.
1: actually. It does kind of sound like something Jr. would say. Oh, he, he does a little Spinneroonie there in the ring. Yep. <laughs> uh... RVD and Booker have a nice little uh, segment here. They, they're two guys who, uh, who have a lot of respect for each other and are actually pretty close friends in real life. Um, as RVD mentioned in the One Night Stand episode about how he had to miss Booker T's wedding because of his leg injury, which was almost as important to him as being on ECW One Night Stand. <laughs> uh, they, uh, and they at one point become uh, tag team champions together. Oh wow! Uh, a little bit after this, uh, Booker hits a scissors kick on Triple H, but he gets knocked out of the ring by Jericho. Uh, RVD is going to go to the top of the chamber pod and attempts a frog splash, but I don't know quite what happens here because he comes down like on his own knee, and he looks like he hurts himself. Um, but when I looked up this moment and read it to try to see if RVD hurt himself, I actually found out he hurt Triple H doing this. Really? Move because I guess his his arm or or something landed on triple h's throat and if you look closely you can see triple h grabbing his throat over there in in the corner at one point so this was a genuine Um,
0: botch then
1: yeah something happened here uh and and almost it almost looks like they tried to quickly get rob van dam out of the match because Immediately after that, Booker T hits a missile dropkick and pins
0: RVD and eliminates him. Yeah, see, I thought that was all part of the story that RVD I... wanted to eliminate Triple H so bad that he sacrificed his own body to try to do it. And
1: it might have been. I'm not sure. It just, it, it was so quick and, and, and a missile dropkick, you know, it's not a finisher. So it was kind of odd that that was the move that eliminated him. I'm not sure. I tried to look it up, but couldn't really get any info out of that. Um,
0: Kane is gonna come out next. What do you think about Kane's look here? I am fine with Kane's look here. It's not as good as classic Kane, but he still has the mask on, so I'm I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah, I I've always talked about this, like, over Kane's career he slowly became more naked. Yeah. Uh so his arms are out here, which they always said he's got burns over ninety percent of his body, and then he like got his arms out. Do you think he was just getting hot in his get up and he was like
0: it just is just his way of slowly getting some relief from Probably so man. Could you imagine with the stage lights and everything how hot it must be in a wrestling ring? I uh was listening to a podcast with Jim Ross uh, and JR
1: said that uh Kane gave him a mask as like a as like a gift, one of his masks, and JR said it was the smelliest thing he's ever smelled. <laughs> Um he was like "Thanks." <laughs> oh man. Um Kane slams Jericho right through
0: the glass chamber pod.
1: I like how they say that they're bulletproof.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, bulletproof plexiglass and then Kane just smashes a dude through it. But honestly, that works really well story-wise, I think, because one, it implies that Kane is like incredibly powerful. And two, we don't actually see, from at least in the matches we cover today, that happen a whole lot. The chamber pods never really shatter outside of this match, at least yeah, in what we watch.
1: I, I, I feel like I remember it happening more often, but I guess maybe not. Um, it definitely happens some, but yeah, no, I'm glad they kind of keep that to a minimum versus it happening every time. Uh, you know, kind of like the hell in a cell. You know, once you have a guy fall off at once, then you have to, like, try to figure out a way to top it every time. Right. Um, But, no, that is pretty cool. I do do have a little bit of a problem with them calling it bulletproof because I feel like they do that a lot where they try to hype something up, like, too much. Like how when they're like, he's lifting the stairs. Those are
0: 3,000 pounds. Yeah, yeah, you do sort of... um have to, <laughs> like the, what was it, 1,000, 1, 1,500-pound keg in one, one match. Yeah, like, you do need to keep it in the realm of believability. But I'm like, Kane's supposed to be a monster. I guess I can allow this. But I agree with you. It's stretching it. I, I, I mean, I think a guy going through a glass pod is
1: impressive enough. You don't have to add that it's bulletproof. That's a good point.
0: You know, though, that made me wonder. I wonder if all of these pods are prop glass or if they were just very careful
1: uh yeah that's a good question i i i don't i don't know i i I don't know the answer to that i I mean maybe i mean they probably knew which glass they're gonna put them through but then again you know making them all prop glass
0: would kind of make sense yeah and like do you want to take that chance of, yeah. of messing up that way. Do you want to yeah. Shane McMahon somebody? That's what I was thinking about. Um, Jericho's bloody now, um,
1: but he does manage to hit a low blow on Booker, who then gets slammed by Kane. Jericho follows that up with a lion's salt, eliminates Booker T., they keep saying this weird thing about how Kane would be the first masked man to win the World Heavyweight Championship. Although, as I just mentioned, Triple H is the first and only person to hold this title so far. So, Kane would actually be the first non-Triple H man to <laughs> hold this title. Um, the crowd starts chanting H- HBK as he enters this match. Uh, they say this is just his second match since he returned at SummerSlam. We watched that in our very second episode, Triple Eight, or Shawn Michaels' return from his back injury at SummerSlam 2002. And they were really protecting him because this is a few months later uh, that he that he has this
0: match. Yeah, and they really made sure to, like, um, mention that his last Survivor Series was the Montreal Screwjob.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good point, too. Um, but it's... From what I've read, apparently when they brought him back at SummerSlam they were kind of thinking it would be a one time deal that he would have that match against Triple H and then that would be it but then you know he i guess he kind of caught the bug and wanted to keep going so they ended up putting him in this match and and, and what a match to have him in yeah i'm glad he did chamber. because i love me some HBK. um he's uh he goes right to kane with a flying forearm but then kane starts choke slamming everybody uh Shawn michaels triple h then jericho he's not pinning anyone for some reason uh he picks up triple h for a tombstone but triple h drops behind him shoves him right into a super kick from Shawn michaels then kane gets a pedigree from triple h and then jericho hits a lion salt and pins kane for the three count i like how they had to all hit their finishers to eliminate kane
0: yeah yeah Um, and that is one thing that I really think is is fun with this match type is that you can do a lot of storytelling in that regard as well of like how much does it take to get somebody out Um, I will say one thing that does bother me about this match type is what you were just saying about you know he hits a chokeslam on everybody but he doesn't pin anyone like there's no reason you shouldn't go for the elimination at any given time and we're gonna see over and over again people choose to not go for the elimination.
1: One of my least favorite things I see is when someone puts someone in a submission and then another person will break it up. And it's like why? Yeah, you should just lame it out. Just let it happen. Yeah. Um, uh, Jericho and Triple H and Shawn Michaels are now the final three and Jericho and Triple H start double teaming Shawn Michaels. They make him bleed like crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, his face is just red completely. I don't know what it is about Shawn Michaels, but the dude is like just is like 90% blood.
0: Yeah, yeah, he really is, man. Um
1: But I mean he's he's got blood all over him. Um uh they grate his face into the chamber wall and Jericho's shouting at him. He's like he's like, yeah, yeah. Grate him like a cheese grater! <laughs> um, in the ring, Jericho hits a bulldog and a lion salt. Sean kicks out of that. Sean hits a moonsault on Jericho for a near fall. Sean puts Jericho in the walls of Jericho, but Triple H breaks it up with a DDT, just like I was saying, breaking up the submission for no reason. Um, uh, Sean and Triple H brawl... Uh, Triple H is going to go, or actually, uh, excuse me, Jericho is going to cover Shawn Michaels, and Triple H pulls Jericho off, and then they start brawling with each other, so the alliance is broken up. Triple H is going to go for a pedigree, but Jericho gets him in the walls of Jericho. Shawn hits Jericho with a super kick out of nowhere, pins him for the 1-2-3, and now we're down to Shawn and Triple H. So I, I guess it makes a little bit of sense, you know, Shawn tried to get that quick elimination, and I feel like he wanted to, you know, maybe set up to finish it off
0: with the game. uh, Again, a common theme that we're going to see is betrayals for absolutely no reason. Let me also mention another thing I hate about this match. Shawn Michaels'
1: poop brown tights. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're the ugliest thing he's ever worn, and the guy, when he's not wearing wrestling clothes, dresses like a country music star.
0: Yeah, like a, well, like a country music star, but also a homeless man, because all the clothes are way too big. Yeah. Uh,
1: so uh, so Triple H hits a spinebuster pin, Sean kicks out. Uh, Sean gets backdropped onto the floor. That floor is, like, really hard, and we see him change it later, but, like, it feels like it would be really painful to get thrown onto that. Yeah, because
0: it's just straight up, like, a metal grate at this point.
1: Yeah, and I like how it's kind of level with the floor.
0: Yeah, so I thought it, that it, was a really interesting touch on the elimination chamber that there's no like you can't um go be thrown down out of the ring because the the yeah. floor is the ring. It it makes for some cool moments where,
1: you know, you're able to do some stuff like from the ring to the floor that you couldn't normally do. Right. Um uh tr- Shawn Michaels is going to try for a pedigree on the floor, but Triple H reverses it, catapults Sean through one of the chamber pods. So we have two pods get broken. Um, Triple H pins Sean inside the ring, but only gets two. They start trading hands. Sean sets up for a pedigree on the outside. Sean rev- or Triple H sets for a, up for a pedigree on the outside, but Sean reverses, catapults Triple H into the chamber wall. Sean comes off the top of the pod with a diving elbow drop. A little bit better than Rob Van Dam did there. Yeah, yeah. He's tuning up the band now, goes for Sweet Jam Music, but Triple H catches his foot, turns it into the pedigree. Sean's able to kick out of that, uh, and Triple H goes for another pedigree, but this time Sean backdrops him, follows up with a Sweet Jam Music for the win, and he wins the world championship as the crowd goes nuts, and confetti starts pouring down, and JR says this, do you believe in miracles? <laughs> um and this was interestingly Sean's uh, last world title win.
0: Really? This uh, this match right here. In 2002. Um, that's I did not know that.
1: Yeah. And yeah, he really after his uh you know retirement, uh, he came back and he, he won this 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 one time. Uh, and didn't have a long reign. I kind of forgot that he was world champion because he only he only had it for like a month, maybe. Wow. Um. So yeah, and it's his last like because I think he wins the tag team championship a
0: couple more a couple times, but that's pretty much it. You know, I uh, I, I did like this match. Uh, there are some choices that were made that that bother me. Like okay, like having Shawn Michaels jump off the pod is cool. But it definitely diminishes RVD. Yeah, I see that. Um, because it, it makes it look like he's just a fool idiot that couldn't do the move right.
1: Yeah, and I and again, I don't know if that was legitimate, if he actually messed up or what. I mean, I don't know why you would purposely fall on your
0: leg. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I, I thought it was it was it was more of a more of a story point, but you might be right. He might have just botched the move. Um.
1: But uh but yeah, I know I thought it was a pretty good way to introduce this match for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean it was it was solid. It was so much better than I thought it was going to be.
1: Well oh, good. Um we end up having a couple more. Um uh both uh both with Triple H in it, and he wins the next two Elimination Chamber matches. Um the next one we're gonna go to is uh, New Year's Revolution two thousand six where uh, the top prize is the WWE Championship. I picked this match, one, because I remember watching it, and two, I kind of wanted to show, you know, how this match could really make, you know, some people's careers uh, and and kind of uh, put over some some newcomers. Uh, So... This match they, they kind of started doing this new thing where they would have people compete for the right to enter the match last, which uh, Kane ends up earning that right. So uh let's do let's do this again. Let's go through the people in this match it and let me give me give me your thoughts on them. All right.
0: Kane. Uh, he is again fire brother of the Undertaker, but this time looks like baby New Year because he's not wearing <laughs> his mask. Um Chris Masters. Have literally never heard of him before, but Muscle King? Carlito. Also have literally never heard of him before, but Apple Latino? Kurt Angle. Uh, golden medal
1: guy. Uh, John Cena. Never
0: loses. Shawn Michaels. My, my main man, the kickmaster. There we go. Um,
1: yeah, this match, I will say, this is probably when I started turning on John Cena because this match made him look way too good. Yeah, the crowd definitely had turned on him by this point. Yeah, they boo the shit out of him as soon as he comes out. Um, the, the big storyline in this match is whether Chris Masters and Carlito will work together, which, it's so funny, based on all the other people in this match, the crowd... People that are being put over here. I Carlito know. and Chris Masters.
0: Like Car- four superstars and the announced team is just laser focused on Chris Masters and Carlito.
1: Carlito had a pretty decent career. His dad was a uh was kind of a, a legend in Puerto Rico. But <sighs> You know, and then Chris Masters was, he was cool when he came on the scene, but he just quickly started dying out. He was, he had a lot of problems with steroids. Yeah, I can tell. And he he would keep getting suspended and then brought back. His main thing was he, uh, he had the master lock, which was like just a full Nelson, which is a pretty basic move, but it was his finisher that nobody could break out of. That was his whole thing. Carlito's thing was that he would chew up apples and spit them on people.
0: Ah, uh, I mean, okay. And I don't. I, out of these two, I think Carlito has the better style. I like him more. But what a stupid gimmick!
1: Yeah, I mean, it got him over as a heel. And yeah, I mean, they were pretty over, and the WWE saw something in them. I guess, but, you know, they never they never really last, and there's a reason you probably haven't heard of them. Uh, but it's just so weird, considering the star power in this match, and then they're
0: the ones that the focus is all on. Right, and they, I mean, really, the WWE, like you said, saw something in them, and it's kind of a shame that they, they blew their shot, so to speak. Um, because, yeah, these guys, these guys had a really big opportunity here. And they didn't yeah, do they co- bad, but just, um, you know... They didn't continue to do great.
1: Carlito had a decent career. He, he was a tag team champion, United States champion, Intercontinental champion. Chris Masters really did not do anything, um, and it was probably his his problems with drugs that are to yeah. Blame for I mean, that.
0: typically big muscle guy like doesn't stick around for long. The only oh. the only one I can think of that is a mainstay would be like you know Triple H. Batista. Yeah, Batista. Uh.
1: uh, So, they're talking about, you know, whether Chris Masters and Carlito are going to work together. It's Chris Masters' birthday, apparently. Um, Kurt Angle is, like, right in the middle of this, like... He's, like, really pimping out that he's an Olympic gold medalist. Even though, like, he won it, like, ten years before this. Right, right. Uh, But I guess it was a way to kind of reinvent him as a heel. Kurt Angle is in, like, a really, like good part of his career to here where he's just like a monster. Uh They started calling him the wrestling machine. Yeah. I really like heel Kurt Angle. Like he, he's a good time. Yeah. Uh Like I said, John Cena gets a mixed reaction and I, I like to call this John Cena is like in his cocoon here. Uh If, if rapper Cena is John Cena as a caterpillar and like a Marine, Everybody loves me. Cena is a butterfly. Then he's in his cocoon right here. Yeah, because he's,
0: he's th- mid metamorphosis. He's still wearing a
1: jersey, but like he's not really like coming out and and spitting rhymes. Yeah, and the
0: jorts are gone.
1: Yeah. Well, I think he had black jorts on
0: here. Oh, I couldn't tell because of the color of the denim.
1: Yeah. Hey, don't don't judge denim by its color. <laughs> Uh apparently and Shawn Michaels is in a rivalry with Vince McMahon at this point, so he makes Shawn Michaels in her first. So we got Shawn Michaels and John Cena starting it off.
0: Uh also, why le- do I feel like the title belt here with the little rotating W in the middle was made just to sell toys?
1: Probably, and it's probably why it stuck around so goddamn long.
0: Yeah, it's so stupid. It's the dumbest
1: belt ever. I don't know why... I understand why they made it for John Cena, but I don't understand like once, why, why once John Cena lost it, they kept it around. Um, but anyway, that's my rant for the day. Uh, Sean and John go to the outside pretty early on. Uh, Carlito's the next one into the match. He immediately goes after John Cena. Uh, he does a pretty cool move here where he leaps right over the top rope, somersaults onto Shawn Michaels on the floor. And I love it, the crowd is cheering for Carlito when he attacks Cena. Yeah. Uh, Carlito's going to charge at John Cena and HBK, but they managed to hit him with a flapjack. Uh, they start double-teaming Carlito. Kurt Angle's out next, and he's suplexing everybody. Kurt Angle looks like... They made Kurt Angle look really good here, but also they made him look really bad.
0: Yeah, they definitely, definitely misused him, but I think that this entrance is awesome. Like I love okay, you know, the freshman in always has an opportunity to kind of clear the ring. But few do it with the the energy that Angle does it here. He looks I mean, like he, a monster. He's suplexing everybody.
1: Um, he catapults Sean into the chamber wall, makes him start bleeding like crazy, of course.
0: And he's just like screaming the whole time, which I love.
1: Yeah. Uh and Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels are kind of right off of a really big rivalry here, so it was good to see they they really did combine a lot of big storylines here, uh, once again, or mo- mostly with John Cena and because John Cena had a rivalry with Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle had a rivalry with Shawn Michaels. Carlito and Chris Masters are having this alliance, and Kane's just kind of there, but you know, Kane can do that. Yeah, Kane usually is just kind of you know a set piece. Uh, Angle slams Shawn Michaels' face first into the chamber pod, and his blood is smeared all
0: over it. He's got Shawn's blood all over him. Yeah, yeah, this time the the pods are not made out of prop glass.
1: Yeah, I don't know what happened. Kurt Angle has a knack for throwing people into glass and it not breaking.
0: <laughs> uh, Kurt Angle gets his
1: titties out.
0: Yes, Kurt's tits do come out. That's how you know it's serious, when Kurt or The Undertaker take their tits out.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Angle's going to go for an angle slam on Carlito, but Carlito reverses. Angle reverses it again and puts Carlito in an ankle lock. That's when Chris Masters comes out, and he breaks up the hold. I do like how we know that Kane is going to come out last, but we still do the little Simon says do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do thing. Yeah, I noticed that, too. I thought that was kind of goofy. And they even do it when Kane is, like, the last person out. The last person!
0: Like, who else could it
1: be? Uh, Chris Masters tries to put Angle in the Master Lock, but Angle slips down, puts him in the Ankle Lock. Cena breaks it up for whatever fucking reason. And he lifts Angle up for the FU, but Angle slips out, locks Cena in the Ankle Lock. And Shawn hits Kurt Angle with the sweet chin music and pins it for the one, two, three. And that made me really mad. Like, I'm glad at least it was Shawn Michaels that eliminated him. But seriously, the best wrestler in this match gets eliminated first. Yeah, I know. It it bugged me too. Um, That's probably my biggest problem with this match. Uh, It's pretty much become a tag team match until Kane comes in. He starts dominating Carlito and Chris Masters. Hits a flying clothesline. He chokeslam Sean and Cena, but of course doesn't pin him. He tries to chokeslam Carlito onto the floor, but Chris Masters breaks it up. And then Chris Masters slams Carlito on top of Kane, and they both pin and eliminate him. And then we have Kane out, and it's like, okay,
0: what the hell? Yeah, I do uh, like that—okay, I do think with them taking Kane out, if it had been just one of them, it would have made me kind of angry, but the fact that it takes both of them, there's some storytelling there. I, I, I sure. don't mind it so much. sure.
1: Uh, Sean is now fighting back and manages to take Chris Masters and Carlito down to the floor. He hits a diving elbow drop on Cena. We get dueling, let's go Cena, Cena sucks chance as Sean tunes up the band. He hits sweet shin music, but Carlito and Chris Masters come in and attack him. And Carlito hits some sort of corkscrew DDT thing on Sean and pins him. And I can't believe that's the way Shawn Michaels is gonna go out. And yeah, that made me be- mad.
0: That was stupid dumb. The the
1: three or the two best wrestlers are are out. They Kurt and Shawn should not have been eliminated like that, but No, whatever. and I Shawn guess- Michaels
0: was barely used in this match. He was just there to throw in like the like the occasional kick and then disappear to laming it out. Like, he didn't really get a time to be the center of this match. And that is a shame, because you have Shawn Michaels there. He should shine. Honestly, even John Cena isn't the center of this match. It's Carlito and Chris Masters. Yeah, which I get putting guys over, but come on. Like, I don't know. Uh, Uh, Just not great. So we
1: get Cena having to fight these guys two-on-one. They eventually make Cena bleed. Uh, Chris Masters puts Cena in the Master Lock, but then Carlito hits a low blow on Masters, rolls him up for the three count, and then Cena rolls up Carlito for the win. So it's kind of a lame ending.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, again, a random betrayal for no reason.
1: Uh, and
0: I, I guess I get it
1: from a storytelling, but, you know, this match really felt like it was just trying to tell this Carlito-Chris Masters story, and to make Cena look like a fucking monster.
0: Yeah. And I and I just don't think that like the Carlito Master story even ended well. Uh because just again, a, a needless betrayal is what cost them the match. Why? Yeah. Why, why wouldn't you just eliminate John Cena and then betray each other like like you're supposed to? Well, um <clears throat> the the real story
1: for this match is what happens afterwards. Vince McMahon comes out and says, don't go anywhere, this night is not over. Raises the cage. He congratulates Cena for retaining the title. He says there's one more match and announces that Edge is cashing in his Money in the Bank contract. And I really liked this because Edge was the first Money in the Bank winner and he didn't end up cashing it in till like eight months later. Um, oh, and, wow. And so this was like a perfect opportunity... To do that and really put over edge. Um, the only problem here is that
0: they still make Cena look great. Do you know how afraid I was that Cena was going to beat him?
1: Yeah, and it's like, come on, like he's been through so much. You're gonna let him kick out of a spear? Not just a spear, two spears. It takes three spears to beat Cena. It's like, they, I mean, they really want to make him look like Superman. Yeah. It, it, I, I hate it. It's so and it, dumb. This is where I fell off on the Cena train. And it's not even Cena's fault. It's, it's the way he was booked. They booked him to... I mean, the reason he's getting booed is because of the way he was
0: booked. Yeah, absolutely. He should have lost as soon... Like, Edge should have come in, hit one move, pinned him, it's done. It's not going to make him look bad. I mean... To lose that way. Yeah. Like, he just bought five other dudes. Yeah. From the start of the Elimination Chamber. Like,
1: ah. Yeah. But anyway, it's a great way to make Edge's career. Of course, Cena ends up winning the title back after not too long. Um, but yeah, that really made me angry even watching it. And I wasn't even really like a smart fan at that point. Um, We're going to skip a few years. We're going to go to the Elimination Chamber 2010. This is the very first time they make an Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, which I kind of hated because then it's just like, we're just having an Elimination Chamber just because it's time to. Yeah, yeah. But, um... Uh, this is for the World Heavyweight Championship, and they put the Elimination Chamber in a pretty cool spot, though, in that it's the last pay-per-view before WrestleMania, so, like, whoever ends up winning this match is gonna end up defending the title at WrestleMania, so that's a pretty cool extra stake to add on to it. Yeah, that does raise the stakes quite a bit. Um, alright, let's go, let's go through the, through the people once again here. Um, Rey
0: Mysterio. 5'7 Legend, Fast Flyboy john morrison jim morrison yep his <laughs> his gimmick was i'm just jim morrison basically yeah and at one point one of the announced guys even calls him jim morrison oh really yeah uh chris jericho uh
1: this time he looks like sting sting from the police or sting the wrestler sting from the police okay undertaker
0: older taker cm punk oh a straight edge loser our truth um I, I i kind of nothing i don't really i <laughs> pretty much just a blank void
1: Well, R-Truth does have his fun little, like, rapping gimmick, and later he gets this weird gimmick where he has an imaginary friend.
0: Yeah, I've just—I've never seen any matches with him before, and he does not stick around long in this one, long enough to make an impression. I haven't
1: seen really much from this version of CM Punk, so we did watch one CM Punk match, his match against John Cena, uh, in our John Cena episode, where the crowd was super hot for Punk. Um... And Punk has always been one of those guys who's been like a huge – had a huge cult following. People <clears throat> really like, uh, you know, his – because he's he'll, – he'll do shoots. Like he'll, he'll like say what's on his mind and almost get in trouble for it. Like how he insisted on calling The Rock Dwayne uh, or, you know, saying stuff like, you know, Cena always wins and it, talking about the booking and stuff. But I've never seen this heel-straight-edge CM Punk. So he starts off in his gimmick as straight edge, but he uses it as a face where he's like, you know, I don't do drugs, I don't smoke, I don't drink, my addiction is wrestling. And here he is as a heel where he's like bashing people for not drinking or doing drugs or just being cool,
0: you know? Yeah, no, okay, so what I wonder is, did CM Punk originate the term straight edge?
1: I don't think so. I think it already existed, but I do think he maybe made it more popular.
0: yeah, um, and yeah, straight edge is the dumbest shit in the world because it's I'm cool because I don't do anything cool. yeah, um you know, basically like like youth group edge lords is is the the plot here.
1: And I think it's kind of cool how they can take this aspect of him, because I think in real life he's not—I mean, obviously he's not like an asshole about you know it—but they are able to take this aspect of him and make him a heel with it, yeah, which I thought yeah. was interesting. Uh, but they also can make him a face. Like he had this feud with Jericho, where Jericho was like bringing up like real life issues from CM Punk's family, where because apparently his sister is an alcoholic and he like brought up that stuff and at one point poured a glass of liquor on him. Oh my god. Um Although I do think there are some wrestling fans who are like really idiots about his whole straight edge thing. Like for real, someone was like, "Um, but I saw him drinking a Pepsi and Pepsi has caffeine and caffeine is technically a drug."
0: <laughs> so CM Punk is a
1: hypocrite.
0: The man has a Pepsi tattoo on his arm. Yeah. You kidding me? You're not going to let the boy have a Pepsi? Let the boy have some Pepsi. Are you doing... Let the let boy, the boy sleep, sleep in your in bed. Your
1: bed. Um, but I do kind of like what he's doing here. He gets on the mic and he starts, like, calling people out. And, like, you really want to hate it. Yeah,
0: you really want to punch this nerd. You really just, like, I and it worked Great on me. Like, I, my fight or flight was reacted. Like, it, 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 I wanted this nerd to get hurt. Uh,
1: I want to, I want to uh, talk about something that happens to Undertaker here that you may not have noticed. Um, and I only knew because I, you know, heard about it and I've heard people talking about it. Um, so, you know, they even mention how, like, the Undertaker, like, comes to the ring pretty quickly, he doesn't do his slow walk. And they talk about like, oh, he's really ready to get in the ring. But there's actually a reason why he ran to the ring, and it's because his pyro went off on him. Oh
0: my god, is that what it is? Did it get him in the chest? Yeah, you could see like a big burn. Yeah, on I his saw chest. that huge burn. I didn't realize that it had just happened. Wow. Yeah,
1: and and you can't. They don't show it, but when he he runs right down to the ring, and you know he's shaking his jacket off right away because his jacket was on fire. What and a
0: pro. What an absolute gets, He gets in the
1: chamber, and they don't show it on camera, but there's, like, some other, like... They've released some other footage of, like... They had to, like, get a bunch of, like, refs and stuff to just start pouring water bottles on him. Dude.
0: Okay, he's already super old here. I mean, not as old as he is now, obviously. It's ten years later. That is how age works. That is how age works. But, like... An old man got burned super bad on the chest, and he still wrestles a match. I'm impressed. And he doesn't even, like, flinch.
1: Like, you can't really— Like, if I had watched this and not known, I would not have realized that he had been set on fire before his match. Do you
0: think he really is a zombie?
1: Perhaps. The guy goes through a lot of shit. Like, he lands on his head, he gets set on fire. He wrestled a match with, like, a broken foot one time good lord uh but yeah so undertaker is like hanging out in this match with like third degree burns well not third degree like second degree burns but still um so we start off with r-truth and cm punk um and we uh pretty early on uh Punk hits a hard kick to Truth and he falls up with the go to sleep, which is a super cool move where he, like, lifts him up on his shoulders and then drops him down on his knee and eliminates him. I've never seen that happen in an Elimination Chamber, somebody get eliminated right off the bat like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it... poor our truth He doesn't even get a second to shine. But, um, yeah, uh, then we have he to wa- deal with CM Punk just sitting around talking until somebody else can come out of a pod. Which I thought was a cool thing to do to r- really make CM Punk
1: even more hated. It was, it was. Um, so it's Rey Mysterio in next. Rey and Punk is a is a great uh, is a great mix up. Oh, I do want to mention what Punk says. He starts calling out everyone. He looks right at Taker and tells him to pray. His pod door opens last because he's gonna make him tap out like he did before. Which I want to mention. Undertaker did not tap out to CM Punk they did like a screw job where they rang the bell and Undertaker never tapped. Ah. Yeah, cause you could you imagine Undertaker tapping out. Yeah, that would that would be crazy. It's happened once and it was against Kurt Angle and he was a biker then. So Yeah, it doesn't does it count really if he count? was a biker. Um he tells John Morrison that his decadent rock life will get him nowhere. He's gonna prove to the world that straight edge means he's better than them.
0: Man, what Uh, a cool, what, like, a great, you know, storyline to do where you make a guy basically Jim Morrison, like, 50 years later. What a topical, like, you know, just hot-off-the-presses character to make. I don't even know why. And they made him look like Jim Morrison, too. Yeah, I just, what?
1: Honestly, it was at a very weird time, uh... It was like, they had him change his name right after the Chris Benoit tragedy, and I I only mention that to connect the two, because originally Chris Benoit was supposed to beat CM Punk and win the ECW title, but Chris Benoit didn't show up because he was too busy murdering his family, so they had John, at the time he was called Johnny Nitro, they threw him in and beat CM Punk, and then they just changed his name. I don't know if they were like just trying to be like let's distract people, or what, but yeah, yeah. Hey, John John Morrison. Now he now his name is Johnny Mundo. Duh. Um. But uh, we get some some a nice little exchange with Punk and and Mysterio. Mysterio goes for a six one nine, gets caught with a scoop slam. Punk attempts a GTS, but Mysterio reverses it into a Hurricane Rana. He attempts another hurricane run on the outside, but Punk just holds onto him and like swings him like a baseball bat into the chamber wall.
0: Okay, is Ray like okay? Is everyone in this match just really tall, or is Ray just look particularly short?
1: I mean, Ray is pretty short. I think CM Punk is probably close
0: to his height. Yeah, I just like the whole time I was like, man, Ray looks tiny. And other
1: than Taker, none of these guys are really that big.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was something about the costuming, but he just he looked extra small here. Extra 5'7", extra legend. Maybe it's because he's in that big chamber and it makes him look tinier. That could definitely be it.
1: Um, a, a pretty gnarly moment is when Punk rams Mysterio into the corner and his head hits the chamber pod. Yeah, wish- yeah. Punk sets Mysterio up on the top rope, but Ray knocks him back in the ring. They brawl on the top, but Mysterio is able to hit a Hurricane Rana on the floor, and he follows up with a splash and a pinfall, and Punk is out of there. Thank
0: God. I'm glad Ray was the one to do it.
1: Really interesting how they're doing this, or they're eliminating people quick, which I guess, you know, you you, know, you kind of want to make it
0: different, make it feel like anything can happen. Um, it does it slow around inter- the pace. I will say that. It makes this match feel a lot slower than the other elimination chambers.
1: Yeah, I mean, we don't ever, we still haven't gotten more than two guys in there at a a time yet. Um, uh, Jericho is coming out next. He attempts a lion salt, but Mysterio gets out of the way. Hits a six one nine, but Jericho goes to the outside. Mysterio is going to go for a springboard, but Jericho moves out of the way again, and instead, Mysterio lands on the chamber wall. Jericho pulls him off, slams him to the floor, and Matt Stryker says this thing. Spidey like Ooh, and that's Venom. And he gets <laughs> thrown to the floor. I love Matt Striker He is like, you could tell he's a huge wrestling fan when he's calling matches. Uh Jericho gets Mysuro in the walls of Jericho. Uh John Morrison enters next and he and Jericho breaks the hold to attack him. Uh Morrison tosses Jericho right out of the ring. Uh At one point, Morrison goes to the top rope, but Mysterio sends him backwards into the pod. Uh, Morrison is hitting some pretty cool moves. I like John Morrison. He's got a a pretty athletic style that I enjoy. Um, He's just kind of never been one of those guys that's been a huge, big name.
0: Yeah, and he definitely does feel like a placeholder in this match.
1: This match really does kind of feel like we have a lot of... I mean, not a lot, really just like two... John Morrison and R-Truth yeah. yeah but two feels like too many um cause you know neither of them are gonna win it right right uh eventually uh uh Mysterio is gonna try for a top rope Hurricane but Morrison hangs on and falls up with the Starship Pain which is like a split legged corkscrew moonsault that looks really cool um, And he uh, ends up eliminating him. They're
0: really eliminating people quick here. Yeah. And uh, and I don't know how much I agree with that. Like, I mean, it is different, but they maybe should have changed about halfway through the match.
1: Yeah, we never get more than three people in the match at the same time. Uh, They wait on Taker to come out. Taker comes out. Uh, and, of course, starts dominating pretty quickly. I do like how Jericho tries to hide
0: inside a pod. Yeah, Jericho laming it out is very funny. It's very Jericho. Yes, yes. Um,
1: Morrison is going to try to hit a starship pain, but Taker gets his knees up. Uh, Jericho's about to come back in the ring, but Taker sits up, and Jericho goes and hides right back in the pod again. Uh, Taker slams Morrison into Jericho's pod. He's still trying to hide from him, and it's like a horror movie where Taker is, like, trying to get at him.
0: Yeah, Taker is Jack Nicholson in The Shining, basically. And and Jericho is Shelley Duvall. Yeah.
1: Nice reference. Thank you. Here's Takey. <laughs> Undy. Ooh, I hate that. Uh... Jer- or Taker lifts up uh, Morrison for a powerbomb. J- Jericho spears him, and John Morrison is hanging onto the chamber wall, and he dives off onto Jericho. Pretty cool move there. Uh, but Taker is going to choke slam John Morrison from the inside of the ring to the floor, and then he pins him and eliminates him. Now we're down to the final two. Um, Taker's going to go for a choke slam, but Jericho gets him in the walls. Taker briefly tries to go for Hell's Gate but Jaker does get him in the walls. Taker eventually rolls him into the Hell's Gate again, but Jericho manages to get out and go to the outside. Taker goes for a tombstone. Jericho drops behind, hits the code breaker, which only gets him a two count. Um, Taker hits the last ride on Jericho, and you can really see how bad that burn is on his chest there. Yeah. Taker is signaling for the end, but Shawn Michaels crawls out from under the floor and hits the Sweet Shed Music. Taker cover or Jericho covers Taker for the 1, 2, 3, and the championship. See, this was right uh, in the middle of their storyline, so this is right before WrestleMania uh, six or 26, when they had their second WrestleMania match, Shawn's retirement match. Basically, Shawn couldn't get Taker to agree to a match, and this was the only way he could, by screwing him out of the title. Um, which, again, we have an elimination chamber that kind of ends and it's really not about who wins the Elimination Chamber, it's about this other extra storyline
0: yeah, and um, okay this does again confirm my belief that a sweet chin music can come for you at any place, at any time I do have a question here
1: both in real life and in canon, how did Shawn Michaels know when to come out? I assume maybe he was cued somehow or had some sort of monitor to watch. But in canon, how did he know? That is and a really great question. How and and how would he know? Like how did he know that Undertaker like was going to do a tombstone right then? How did he know that like Undertaker hadn't lost by that point? He felt he it. Come... Peyton. He felt it in his in his leg bones. He could have come out there and opened it up, and it could have been, like, our truth out
0: there. And, like, well, I really fucked this up, huh? Also, was that man under that ring the entire pay-per-view? At least the entire match. Uh. Whenever someone hides under the
1: ring, if it's not someone with a supernatural gimmick, I'm always immediately taken out to think, okay, well, what were they doing under there? (laughs) Um...
0: But anyway, I thought it was a decent uh, Chamber match. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, I think that ending was a little screwy. It it didn't really have anything to do with what happened in the match.
1: Yeah, I think they were just trying to forward that storyline. We're going to skip about eight years now and go to a a first for the Elimination Chamber, the first ever women's Elimination Chamber match. You know, recently we've really started putting women in every match type that the men have, you know, it used to be like women just had regular straight up matches, but we've seen them in hell in a cells. We've seen them in Royal rumbles, Iron Man matches, and now the elimination chamber. Um, And uh, we're going to compete for the raw women's title. So uh, let's talk about who we got here. We got Alexa bliss, the defending champion.
0: Um, Who is a coward.
1: Okay. We got Sasha Banks. Badass. Mickey James. So much better than she was. Oh, yeah, that's right. We did watch her do that when she when she did
0: her like weird vagina lick thing. Yeah, her weird coilingus motion, hand motion, yeah. hand gesture. That was yeah. very uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm glad to see her here in a respectable Wonder Woman outfit and not, um, you know, doing the whole thing with Trish.
1: I liked her addition to this match, you know, seeing her mix it up with the younger, the younger women here. Yeah, um, she
0: still got it, that's for sure. Uh, we've got Sonia Deville, basically just uh, uh, I don't even know what to categorize her as. Like her and and Mandy Rhodes to me, Rose to me are basically the same person.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're a team coming out together. Absolution. And the whole storyline is, you know, are they going to stay
0: a team or are they not? And then we got Bailey. Hugs and and inflatable arm-filling tube men. You know, it's
1: really bad that, like, that's the most pervasive thing in my life that Family Guy has given me. I don't know what
0: else to call them. Yeah, that's... Uh, to be fair, yeah, they picked a thing that didn't have a name, they gave it a name, and now that's that's family guy will forever be the thing that named the incredible arm flailing tube man um they uh
1: they uh they talk about you know Mickey James and how uh if she's able to win this match she'll tie Trish Stratus for most women's title reigns uh we uh we start out with uh who do we start out with I don't we start remember. out with Bailey
0: and Mandy Rose. Oh no, I think it was Sonya first. Oh, oh.
1: Yeah, no, it's Bailey and Sonya start
0: first again. Yeah, yeah, I again. get th- I, those two are the same in
1: my brain. And see, this is a point where I'm not watching wrestling, so I don't really know like what these, you know, what these women's like backstories are. But I think we're at a point in wrestling where we don't really need it. And I, honestly, there's something about this that feels like a real like sporting competition, the way they present it.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, um, I did like this match. I think that there are there are problems that we'll discuss as we go, um, and I think that like even though it's like, oh yeah, we're getting a women's elimination chamber match, it is not played the same way necessarily, and maybe that has to do with it being the first one, but there were just things here that I I thought I would have I would have liked to see unfold differently. What do you think of the new look for the, uh, for the Elimination Chamber? I like it. I, you know, okay, the ground didn't need to be a metal grate. It can be padded. I'm fine with that. Um... Yeah. And the, the new way the doors open is much sleeker, and I, I like a lot more. The whole thing looks bigger, actually. Yeah, it does. It does. It also looks sturdier. Yes.
1: Um, but I do like it, you know, I, the... I, the more modern look of WWE, I, I kind of didn't like at first, but it has grown on me. And, yeah, it feels kind of more legitimate, like I'm watching a, watching a sport. So, And I think that's the kind of look they, they want to go for there. Um, we start with some good technical wrestling off the top. Um, the crowd's really into Bayley. Um, I, I like there's a point where they're fi- they're both trying to slam each other into the chamber, but they both keep blocking it. Uh, it's Bailey who gets, who, who accomplishes that first, uh, apparently a lot of the women have made alliances, obviously we have Sonya and, um, Mandy, and then we have Bailey, who's best friends with Sha- Sasha, who had a, that incredible first ever women's Iron Man match, and then Alexa Bliss and, and Mickey James are apparently friends too, um uh, Bailey's gonna hit a diving elbow drop onto Sonya on the outside. I-, I was kinda thinking that they had nerfed the outside of the ring, but I do get it, you know, it's probably a lot safer that way.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, it's just like, it, what is the reason for it being a metal grate? And it lets you do jumps from the top of the pod to the outside of the ring, where before, I mean, I guess you technically could, but it would probably hurt.
1: Yeah. I mean, if we can do cooler things and be safer, then I'm 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 okay with that. Uh, Mandy is the next one to come out, so Bailey's at a disadvantage, but she is able to hold her own for a little while. Uh, then they just pick her up and they just start driving her into the chamber wall. Um, they uh, they kind of I, they do this a few times where they literally wrap her arms in like the chain link fence
0: yeah okay, uh, this part and this is one of the downsides of the match to me. they get her so like messed up, just just double teaming her that they can basically just like crucify her on the ring, but they don't go for the pin. Yeah, and they look surprised when the countdown timer comes up. Like ugh, that that just bothers me. Why wouldn't you go for the pin? literally it's the objective i
1: uh i do i do like the way i think these women more than any other match we watched use the environment more than anyone else
0: yes i agree they make excellent use of the chamber itself um because a lot of times we don't we don't see it too
1: much in the match uh and and this, this one I, I like the use of the chamber. Um, so uh, they beat her up, wrapped up in the in the chain link fence. Uh, they ram her into the turnbuckle post. Uh, Sasha ends up coming out to help her friend Bailey, and she do, uh, she does this cool move where she's like able to do a head scissors and like use her legs to push their face into the into the turnbuckle. Uh, that was really cool.
0: Yeah, okay, um, one thing that I am... I noticed in this match, um... And that I think is a problem on commentary side in women's wrestling. Not a problem on their side. Commentary never really... And they call a couple of moves. But they don't really call, like, special moves or anything. Like, these women don't have signatures, don't have finishers a lot of the time. Um... At least that commentary calls out, you know? And and I feel that that is a disservice to them because that's Uh, a big part uh, of what makes a wrestler. And this is
1: something that has become a a bit of a uh, problem all around where they changed the way they wanted to do commentary and they're like, don't talk about moves, don't talk about it like a wrestling match, talk about it like a story. So they want the commentators to do more background and stuff. And so yeah, they don't call moves as much, just in general. And uh, you know, they have weird rules about commentary. They leaked something one time about Vince McMahon's rules for commentary, and it's all kinds of weird stuff, like how the you have to call it a championship, not a title or a belt. Uh, all these different things you can't say. Uh, you don't call them wrestlers they're superstars all this kinds of kind of
0: nonsense that is so weird and i get building your brand but like come on but i feel like you know the classic uh jerry lawler and jim ross kind of combo of one of us does the story the other one does straight up and down moves was good i like the dynamic and yeah, I, and... as a person that doesn't know anything about wrestling, want to know what I'm looking at sometimes.
1: Yeah. Uh, that, that is a problem with WWE commentary as a whole that a lot of people have pointed out. Um, that, and it's a lot of pimping. Watch it on WWE.com. Watch it on the network. Watch it on our app.
0: Yeah, a lot of plugs.
1: Um, at least they're talking about the match and they're not talking about like the next match or the main event or Very,
0: whatever. very true.
1: Um, Bailey and Sasha start working together. They straight up just toss Sonia into the wall. Uh, Sasha puts Mandy in the bank's statement, uh, which is like kind of a backbreaker rolled into like a crossface submission kind of thing. Sonia tries to break it up, but Bailey cuts her off, and uh, Mandy ends up tapping out. Uh, good, uh, good use of the the alliance there, and then. I I like how, you know... She tried desperately to to save her partner, but was not able to.
0: Yeah, and I love, like... That's the first time we've seen someone tap out in the ones we've seen. Um, Yeah. And so that's a rare thing. And uh, I think it really puts banks over. It makes her look really good. And it's uh, one of those things that you're like, Oh, yeah, I forgot that was a rule.
1: Mickey James is going to come out. She's taking it to everybody. Um... Sonya slams Mickey into the cage, but she hangs on and hits a Hurricane Rana on Sonya onto the floor. She starts climbing the chamber, but Bailey follows her up. She knocks Bailey to the floor. She climbs on top of one of the pods and dives off on top of Sonya and pins her for the three count and the
0: elimination. And, you know, there you see again the using of the chamber with Bailey trying to follow her up and trying to prevent that from happening. Love that.
1: Yeah, I mean, they really do some stuff that, like, I haven't seen before, even from the men. I think they use the chamber way better than the men. And it may be part of the redesign of the chamber. I think it's easier to climb. Yeah, it looks sturdier, it. for sure. Um, so I, I think this is a match that has evolved really well. Uh, Sasha hits a backstabber on Mickey, and then Bailey hits the Bailey belly and pins Mickey, eliminating her. The crowd is chanting "We want Mickey," and I, you know, I kind of agree. I feel like she got taken out of there too quickly.
0: Yeah, Mickey James did not get uh, really a, a chance to shine here, other than I mean, she got that big move, and she was she was really great. Like I loved watching her, and it just I didn't like that she got taken out so early.
1: I think it's a part that she's, you know, kind of more of a legend, and so they kind of just wanted to show her off as something special and then and then move on and focus on the younger women. But I wish she maybe had lasted a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Alexa who comes out next, and she closes the pod and, like, goes out the other side. She's running from Sasha and Bailey. Uh, they start climbing up the side of the chamber following her. Eventually, they catch her on top of a chamber pod when all of a sudden Sasha kicks Bailey off the top of the pod. Um, Alexa takes advantage, is able to get the upper hand. Uh, there's a moment where Bailey is stomping on Sasha as she's hung upside
0: down in the corner. Um, this- Sasha hits a. F- Go ahead. This is where the match goes sideways for me. Yeah? I don't like. Okay. I don't like how much running away Alexa did. That went on for a little too long. Um, and then the the betrayal from Sasha, like, okay, I knew it was coming. I knew that was going to happen. But um, what happens next to me is where the match, like, could have taken a turn to be really good, but instead took a turn to be meh.
1: Yeah, I think maybe the betrayal came a little bit too early. I would have liked to see them team up on her for a little while. It almost felt like a odd place to turn on someone when you're, like, literally trying to catch up to this one person. Right. Um, so y- you end up putting yourself at a disadvantage. Um, uh, so Sasha goes to the top rope, but Be- Bailey jumps up there, hits a Bailey belly from the top, but before Bailey can cover, Alexa rolls her up um, and, uh, and eliminates her. Um, Alexa goes for the Twisted Bliss, which is like a corkscrew moonsault type of move, but Sasha gets her knees up. Sasha starts hitting Alexa with her knee up against the cell wall. Uh, Alexa eventually ducks. Sasha gets tied up in the chamber. Alexa slams her down. Alexa climbs up on top of the pod and hits... This was a really cool move, the Twisted Bliss from the top of the chamber, but somehow... Sasha turns it into a bank statement. Drags her in the ring, still in the hold, but Alexa managed to roll her up to her feet and get up. Um. Just I, like we haven't seen anyone do that
0: kind of a move off the. Yeah, top. I love that spot. That is that is definitely a highlight of this match. Uh,
1: and then the fact that she turned it into a submission somehow. Was, right, was right. Cool. That
0: reversal is is amazing. Um.
1: Sasha starts trying to climb up the pod, but Alexa shoves her face into the pod and then follows up with a DDT with her leg draped over the top rope, pins her, and gets the win. Um, I did you watch the post-match interview? Uh, I watched a little bit of it. Yeah. Well, because then I think you may have missed the turn here, because she gets interviewed and she starts getting really emotional and crying, and she says this match means everything to her. This goes out to all you women out there with dreams. This proves that you could be anything you want to be, and she says, "I'm looking out here and every one of you, and none of you will ever cro- accomplish any of your dreams." Oh I,
0: man, okay. I yeah. was like, "Yes, I love that." I saw the like crying thing. I was like, oh, "Okay, this is the usual like, oh, I'm so happy I did blah blah blah." But no, that's great. That's I love that. That is fantastic. It was really fun and unexpected. Um, I do feel like, though, the more interesting story here was, like, okay, before Bailey got eliminated, I feel like a botched betrayal from Sasha would have worked well. Like, if then the story becomes about Bailey and Sasha being really pissed at each other because one of them just tried to betray the other one and it didn't work. Um, and I, did, you know, like, Alexa winning this when she was, like, being, like, a mega coward at the beginning, I guess it does work with her heel character here. I didn't watch enough into that speech to see exactly how heel she went. Um, so that does bring it back around. It makes me like it a little bit more.
1: Well, I'm glad. Um, what do you think overall? What, uh, did you have a favorite of these
0: matches? You know, I think of them, I think I might have liked the first one the most. Yeah, um, I I probably did too. But it's not a bad match type. It's not like a Punjabi prison, um, or a, a hell kennel or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I I enjoyed these.
1: Yeah, uh, illumination chamber, great match type. Probably a little bit. I wish it would go back to just being its own like special thing instead of its own show. But you know, I can't control. The WWE. I do not control the Vince McMahon. The Vince McMahon controls me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, good, good match types. Definitely something, something to to check out and to check out more of. Um, well, that's gonna about do it for this edition of Turnbuckle Training. We want to encourage you to watch along with us next time. You know, I saw this women's match and it got me really excited to see the women's, uh, you know, revolution. So, uh, next week we're going to watch Evolution, the all women's pay per view uh, from last year, I think. Okay. The year before. Um, yeah, an all women's show. Um, that that ought to be something fun. Sounds good to me. Um, and, uh, I'm excited. I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, I mean, I've been really impressed with with all the things that women have been doing in the in the modern era. So I think it's time to to just to just watch more of that. Let's do it. Uh, all right. You can also follow us on Twitter. We are at Turnbuckle Train. Let us know if there's anything you'd like to see us talk about on this show. Um, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. It's me, Austin.
0: Ooh. The numbers don't lie. And they spell disaster for you and sacrifice. Oh, son of a bitch! I did it for the lie.